Welcome to the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Debick, the founder of Life Coaching with Lauren, a female empowerment coach, an entrepreneur, empath, and a lover of the eco-friendly lifestyle. My mission is to help women take control of their lives by teaching them how to increase their confidence in an authentic and genuine way so they can achieve both personal and professional goals. I will share ways to increase your confidence, tips on how to integrate grace into your life, as well as stories and advice from other experts on how, as women, we can better empower ourselves and those around us. I will show you exactly how to use the power of confidence and grace to create an empowering and invigorating life that you are excited about waking up to every single day. Now, let's dive in. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. I am so excited to introduce today's guest. Today's guest is the founder of Lady Changemakers, an all-inclusive e-commerce platform for women-owned businesses. Its founder, Jessica, is an expert in creating exposure and driving traffic for e-commerce businesses. She launched Lady Changemakers in 2021 in an effort to create a central e-commerce hub for women-owned businesses. Think Amazon, but all lady bosses. The platform launched with 25 founding members by invite only, but will open up membership for additional members in 2022. Today, she is focused on helping women grow their e-commerce business by educating on exposure, SEO, and more. I hope you enjoy my conversation with Jessica. We talk all about what it means to have women as an audience, women as business owners, and the real impact that women can make in this world. Jessica, thank you so much for being on this episode of the Graceful Confidence Podcast. How are you? I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here today. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. It is a pleasure. And I I know our listeners are looking forward to this conversation. So to kick us off, can you tell us a little bit about what the Lady Changemakers is? Yeah, a little bit about Lady Changemakers in... A very short synopsis. It's an all one-stop shop, everything women-owned platform. So we started off as a directory for women-owned businesses. We started off with about 50 businesses and quickly grew to over 750. Um, And then we made a little change last year in 2021, where our platform is now a shopping platform as well. So you can not only find and easily support women-owned businesses, but now you can actually shop them on our platform as well. So it sounds a little bit like Amazon for female-owned businesses. (laughs) Yes, exactly. Yeah, when I first launched it, I called it the Yelp for Women. Um, And then I had a bigger idea for it. And yes, it's the Amazon for Women now. Having growth occur that quickly in your business is amazing. Were there strategies in place or was that something that happened organically? That is a great question. So it didn't feel like it grew that quickly because I wanted to grow much more quickly than it has. But when I look back, it has grown pretty quickly. And what I did was I invested in my business. So I really think it's important for people to invest in themselves and in their businesses. I joined a mastermind um, and then I also hired a business consultant, which helped me reframe my entire business model to where it was slowly trickling in sales to now it's actually a profitable business, which is really exciting. So I invested an uncomfortable amount for myself, but it really helped grow my business tenfold. That's amazing. And how did you get into becoming an entrepreneur or how did this business concept evolve? 
You know, I never saw myself as an entrepreneur. I'm not even sure that I really understood what an entrepreneur did. Um, I always thought I was just going to be this high-level executive in the corporate world. And then you get to the corporate world and you sometimes you realize you don't really belong there. So and that's kind of how I felt, kind of felt ate up and spit out by the corporate environment. Um, and I technically still have a job um, in corporate, um, but Lady Changemakers should be my full-time job this year, which is really exciting. Um, but I just didn't ever have entrepreneurship on my radar until I really just didn't feel like I fit in um, in the corporate world. So just kind of finding my place. I had a, I was in a lot of male-dominated industries as well, and I think that played a lot into it. I just always had this urge to support women-owned businesses. Wasn't really sure how that was going to look until I got this idea to create this directory for women-owned businesses where we can all find each other, support each other, and easily collaborate with one another. What was that transition like from the corporate world to being an entrepreneur? Um, it's a lot of sleepless nights. Uh, to, so again, I still have a full-time job on top of Lady Changemaker, so I haven't fully made that transition. But a lot of people ask me, how do I accomplish so much with the little time that I have? And luckily enough, I work from home, which is, a, I realize what a big benefit that is right now. But it's given me the time for um, to be able to find time to work on Lady Changemakers. And I always tell people that I focus on one big priority each week. So what can I get done that's going to move the needle in my business? And that's what I really focus on for each week. So it's just putting one foot in front of the other. And I can, let me just tell you, people come to me all the time saying I accomplished so much. And I'm just like, there's so much more I could do if I just had the full-time attention to get Lady Changemakers. Soon. That'll happen soon, right? That's exciting. (laughs) A lot of conversations I have with listeners revolve around building their business up. And a lot of people are in a similar situation. They have a full-time job or they're doing something else and they feel this pull, this desire to create their own project, business, go after their passion, whatever it is. How did you know the time was right to launch Lady Changemakers? So I really started to put it together towards the middle of 2019, and I was just slowly building it, really building it for myself at first, because I wanted to go out and support women-owned businesses, and I just couldn't find them all in one spot. So I created that spot for myself and found out that others wanted it. So I wasn't even sure this was a real business idea at first until I really launched it. The pandemic hit, I was going to have this big launch party. Um, And then everything shut down. And so I had to uh, kind of recalculate what I was going to do with my business and how I was really going to launch it further. My intention for it was to be this uh, kind of local aspect. So you can go out on the town and find a women-owned business right from your phone. So now that local aspect really isn't that relevant anymore because everyone's online. So now we can easily find anyone wherever we are, which is really exciting. Um, But there was not an easy transition into it. It's still, I fit in time when I have it. And I just try to create those priorities for it to make sure that I'm giving it the attention when I do have the time for it. What was the first step you took to, to get it launched? So I know the pandemic threw huge wrenches in everything, and I can't even imagine trying to start a project like this and having it thrown off course because of the pandemic. But after all of that, what was the first thing you did to like physically put it out into the world to let people know that this was this was a thing? 
So I'm a huge introvert. Um, and if anyone's into the Enneagram, I'm an Enneagram five. So you can't get more introverted than me. So when the pandemic hit and everyone had to move online, I actually found it easier to create an online community because I didn't have to go and network in person, which is terrifying for me. So I really crafted this online community, which really helped me launch it and created more word of mouth advertising for lady changemakers. So it really grew organically. And I'm also a huge nerd. I love technology and my entire background's marketing and advertising. So we really focus on search engine optimization for our platform. And that helps us to get visibility online through Google searches. So we really were able to grow organically just from my knowledge and my background and then creating these connections online, which I primar primarily did through Instagram. Um, grew our account just through making connections through my masterminds that I was in and the communities I started to participate in. And it's sadly enough, our Instagram got deleted randomly last year. So we just lost our entire community overnight, did not get it back. So we're restarting that community. It was interesting timing. Um, if you believe in just everything happens for a reason, it was around the time when we were launching our new platform. So it was almost like a fresh new start for our new platform to really grow a new community that focuses around the shopping aspect. So I had to kind of reframe it to make it okay that I lost my, my thousands of followers. <laughs> I, I love that. I'm all about silver linings and different perspectives and finding finding the good in situations, but that is a bummer. I'm sorry. To hear that. <laughs> so we're coming back. We'll come back stronger for sure. <laughs> and we can't wait to see it. We're excited to see it. You mentioned being a female in a very male-dominated corporate environment. How has your experience as a female been in the world of creating your own business? Is it, is it the same? Is it different? Are there similarities? So it's really interesting because I find it to be a really supportive community that I have crafted for myself. So because Lady Changemaker focuses on female communities, those are the ones that I'm only really participating in. I don't know if I've done this intentionally or not, but I really don't have a lot of contact with male business owners yet. And I did the other week and we had like a connection call together and I was freaking out because I was like, I don't talk to, I don't network with a lot of males. I don't know how this is going to go. He was so supportive. It was fantastic. But I feel like I've put this intention out with Lady Changemakers where it is an inclusive community and we really do focus on creating this safe space for women-owned businesses to feel seen and heard. And so I feel like I put that intention out there and that's what I'm receiving back. So I haven't had that experience that I've had in my corporate professional life, which is really exciting to see. And it's really encouraging. That's awesome. Can we talk a second about intention? So you mentioned putting intentions out there to someone who might not be familiar with that terminology. What does that mean? Well, for me, it's really just how can I frame, well, for the example of Instagram, I could have sat in that and I could have felt disappointed in that for weeks and months and trying to get my account back. But instead, for me, if I want to move on, move forward, I can't just stay stuck in something. So I needed to reframe what had happened, the situation to find that silver lining and create that intention of what I want for lady changemakers. So it all kind of all goes back to our why, our mission, why are we doing this? And just keeping that in mind when things happen. Things are always going to come up in business. If I've learned anything in the first couple of years of business, everything will go wrong. 
So you can either sit in it um, and just kind of wallow in it, or you can reframe it and find a way to move forward. And I feel like I learned was taught this early on is to fail fast. So if you fail fast, you'll get over it faster. You can move on faster and there's going to be hiccups along the way there. I feel like if you want to get into entrepreneurship, you just have to find a way for yourself to accept that failure is going to keep happening, but it's such a good learning opportunity when it happens too. I love that so much because a root of this entire podcast is about building confidence. One of the ways we build confidence is through failing. And sometimes people are just afraid to fail. So they don't take that step. So they feel stuck in that place. And it is scary. It's uncomfortable. But like you said, that is where we learn things. That is where growth comes from. And eventually on the other side, that's where we find success. So I'm so glad to to hear you say that. It's such an important reminder. And I like failing fast also. You're going to fail, fail fast. (laughs) And I feel like as women, a lot of us are such perfectionists too, which I can totally relate to, um, especially being in the technology space. You want your, your website to look perfectly so that everything just works seamlessly for everyone. But you have to know that there's many phases. I always have to go back to my nerdy background and know that we start with, it's called an MVP. So it's your first version of something. And that first version is never going to be perfect. So I have to keep even reminding myself that there's going to be several phases to this. So as long as I can think of it, this is a constant growing that I'm doing and my business is doing. It helps me to feel more okay with the fact that it's not perfect and it's never going to be perfect. If it was perfect, that's, I mean, who wants perfect the first time around? Then what are you going to end up with? If it's just perfect the first time around, there's nowhere to go from there. You said it's an NVP. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm going to start using that. I'm not in technology. I'm going to be like, it's my MVP. You know, you know, the people know. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> the first version. But that is also a really good point. People sometimes want things to be perfect and are hesitant to start if it isn't in that shape. So having the first version of it, just something to get started is so important, no matter what the project or initiative is. Let's transition over a little bit and talk about women. Are women an important audience to connect with? Yes, women are such an important audience to connect with. I mean, if you look at the statistics with women and the power that we actually have and aren't told that we have, women have all the buying power in the U.S. We have 80% of the purchasing power in the U.S. We spend trillions of dollars. We make so much of the purchasing decisions that we are such an important audience. We make all the decisions. So we should be trying to connect to the female audience. Even when buying a car, most car purchases are have influence from the woman in the family. So it's really important that we're knowing who our audience is and how to connect with them. And just kind of on the other side of business to business for women-owned businesses, it's really interesting to see. I feel like it's happened in the past couple of years where we're more supportive of each other than ever before. So when I came up in my corporate career, it was really, there's only room for one or two women at the top. So it was really, you had to claw your way up if you wanted to move up in the corporate world, which turned me off immediately. I, I don't like to be dismissive of anyone. So for me, it just didn't feel right. So when I'm in this now community where we just support each other, it just feels so good. And I see it all over the place now, which is really exciting and not something I saw five, 10 years ago. So it's really cool to see that 
women really want to support women-owned businesses. I mean, 83% of women in the U.S. want to support women-owned businesses, but 62% don't know how to find them. So that's a big reason why Lady Changemakers exists. For, for women as an audience, that's still kind of a broad audience. So how do you work with different segments to, to break it down into different niches or that what we know to be important when it comes to marketing and growing and building a business? Um, well, it depends on the business. So for Lady Changemakers, um, when I first launched the platform, I'm huge into analytics. So it was really making sure your Google Analytics was set up on my website so that I could see what kind of traffic was coming. So what I saw was happening was millennial women were our biggest audience. And where do millennial women hang out? It was Instagram. We're moving towards TikTok these days, um, huge on Pinterest as well. But I knew they were going to be on Instagram and that's how I was going to reach them. So really paying attention to the data, which I know a lot of people are kind of scared of. But um, if you just sign up for Google Analytics, connect your website, it'll give you all the data. So all you have to do is look at it. Um, but it's really important to keep an eye on your data and know how to reach your audience. So if you're looking for maybe the boomer generation, they're really big on email. They love receiving email. So that's where your attention should go if you're trying to reach them. If you're trying to reach Gen Z, you're going to have to be on TikTok. So it's really important to know who your audience is and how you're going to target them and what platforms they're on. And taking it a step further, when it comes to content, how do you go about creating content based on those different market segments? Yeah, it um, really depends on um, who I'm trying to reach. So when I'm trying to reach millennial women, I'll create my content for Instagram and repurpose it also for TikTok. So video content is huge right now. All the big platforms, Pinterest, TikTok, um, and Instagram are all focusing on short form video for 2022. It's the main focus for all the brands or for all the um, social platforms. So a lot of that can just be repurposed. So when I create a reel, I'll use it for TikTok as well, and maybe just adjust the type of text that I'm laying over it so that it looks more like Gen Z. Um, on Pinterest, Pinterest is so big right now and such a huge opportunity for businesses. Pretty much all generations are on Pinterest and most people come to Pinterest for buying inspiration. So it's a huge opportunity for any type of business to really get traffic to their website. And another reason I love Pinterest is because it sends traffic from their platform to your website, which should be the end goal because you want people to buy. You don't just want the attention, which I kind of feel like Instagram, they want to stay, you, they want you to stay in their app. So they're going to keep sending you content to keep you on their app, but Pinterest sends you off their app. They know you're coming back. So it's really interesting to, what are you selling? So you want to know what you're selling so that you can kind of target the different groups on which platforms that they're at. But I try to repurpose content as much as possible. You mentioned that you were an introvert. What has been the most difficult part about starting your own business as an introvert? I used to think being an introvert was the reason that I was holding myself back, but it and turned what well, this is perfect because it turned out that I just really didn't have confidence. So if you're introverted, you don't, it's not that we can't talk to people. It's more about our energy and how we conserve our energy. So if you're finding it hard to even talk to people, it might be more of a confidence thing, which is, was a big lesson I learned last year. So once I built up my confidence in who I was, I did a lot of personal work in 2020. 
Um, I ended up going from barely being able to show up on Instagram stories to speaking on a stage in front of 300 women in 2021. And that had everything to do with the personal work that I did. And it had nothing to do with me being a shy introvert. I'm definitely shy. I'm still timid. It terrifies me to speak in public, but I grew this confidence that I didn't even know that I could have. Um, and once I was on the stage, I was like, oh, I could do anything now. So it's really like just building, doing the personal work, knowing how your brain works is really important. So when I learned I was an Enneagram five, it changed everything for me. Cause I was like, okay, this explains why I think this way about certain situations and why I'm just a little more timid. I'm just shy. I don't have the energy that people start with and end with in the day. So it's just really learning how you work. And once I learned that, it gave me a lot of confidence in to stand in who I actually was. What kind of personal work did you do to increase your confidence uh, throughout 2020? So it was a lot of the mastermind that I was a part of. It was um, a bit, it was supposed to be a business mastermind, but it was so much to do with personal growth and mindset. So really doing the mindset work and I hired an Enneagram coach because I found it fascinating just to learn all the things about myself. So I'm a huge visionary, innovative, open-minded person, but then I knew what my kind of, what my strengths were and what my opportunities would be too. So um, there's a few weaknesses that a five has. I tend to just kind of hibernate when I'm getting overwhelmed. So learning when things are happening and how I can adjust where I'm at to, you know, improve yourself. I heard you say it comes back to mindset, which goes back to setting the intentions, which goes back to the perspective. So what we think is so important. And I try to let people know this all the time as often as I can, but what we think about ourselves, what we think about our situations can truly turn everything around. And that's such an awesome experience that, that you went through. And thank you for sharing that because as a fellow introvert, I also feel the same way. And I think it's really interesting that introverted is not the same as not confident and vice versa. Like it really does have to do with, with energy. So just real quick, as an introvert, what are some ways that you build your energy back up? Because I know a lot of my listeners are introverts also. (laughs) It's really scheduling my calendar has been really helpful. So when I have a podcast, for example, I'll make sure that I have enough time before and after the podcast, because for me, I really need to sit with intention, sit in I love that you sent the questions ahead of time so I could sit with the questions, really think about it and kind of envision myself already doing the podcast. And then when I'm doing it, it doesn't feel so scary. And then after the podcast, I know I'm going to be a little tired. So I'll block out my calendar for a few extra hours, just knowing that I need that time to build myself back up. So just like really little things. And also knowing that if we push ourselves a little too much, it's, it's okay every once in a while, but to give us the time that we need to recharge is really important. So when I spoke on that stage in front of 300 people, I needed an entire weekend to recuperate from that. So it was all, and because when I got off the stage, I wasn't done. People were still coming up to me and talking to me. So it was two days of full-on interactions with people that I had to take another two full days to recuperate from. So just giving yourself the space and time that you need and don't feel guilty about it. Where do you see the future of women-owned businesses going? I see us going to the top, honestly. So the whole purpose of Lady Changemakers is to make sure that we have 
just as much attention as male-owned businesses do. So male-owned businesses receive more media attention, they receive more funding, they stay in business longer than women-owned just because they get more attention. So I'm really here to even that playing field. And I want to just see us all rise to the top together. I remember a big thing in 2020 was I kept seeing people wanting to see more women-owned businesses surpassing the 100K mark in revenue. And to me, that's not enough because 100K in your business revenue basically means you're taking home 50K for yourself, which why don't you just get a job for that? So we need more million-dollar business owners for women-owned. And that's really part of the mission is to make sure that we are all seen, heard, just as much as male-owned businesses. And that is going to translate into more success for us all. Because another big thing is that when women succeed, our communities succeed. Women reinvest about 90% of their income back into their families and their communities. Men only do about 30 to 40%. So we are literally the ones making the changes in this world. So it's really important that we are seen, heard, and supported. Why do you think it's been an uneven playing field? Why is it hard for women-owned businesses to be seen? I had a friend in a mastermind who kind of gave this analogy of, we we were just given a different starting line than men. We, up until about 20 years ago, women couldn't even get a business loan. We couldn't get a house loan. We couldn't get approved for credit. So here we are with this different starting line than men. And I'm just here to help even that out a little bit for and help speed up that timeline. Um, so, I mean, this society is really created for men. So this entire world we live in was created for them. But now there's this huge revolution coming along thanks to things like social media, where we can kind of connect with one another and create these communities and really help each other grow. And I think that's what's going to make such a big difference. So Social media has as many downfalls as it has. It's really been a huge positive for moving women forward. Do you ever run across business owners who feel guilty about putting themselves out there or feel like they're bragging or feel arrogant and that that's a hesitation and why they don't want to necessarily push their message out? All the time. Yeah, especially in women-owned businesses, for sure. And I feel like maybe even I was there. I had a lot of money mindset issues I had to work on when I first started my business. And I feel like a lot of women can relate to this where we, we're not out at, we're not out to make a ton of money. We're here to really make a difference is what I hear from a lot of women, but I had to fix my money mindset issues to realize if I don't make the money, I can't help anyone. So, and if I, don't make the money. My business isn't going to succeed. I can't change anybody's lives. And so just really reframing that and learning some money mindset techniques really helped me to have confidence in my business. And it's, I feel like it's really important that we all have that conversation and not be afraid to have those celebrations in our business and to talk about our businesses and be really confident. If you can be confident in yourself, you should be confident in your business as well. You said that you've noticed a shift where women are starting to support one another, maybe a little bit more than they have before, or maybe a little bit different than has been portrayed in corporate America in the past. Where do you think that shift is coming from? I think it has a lot to do with social media, to be honest, because before then we were so disconnected and it was easier to keep us separate. But when you 
create social media and have all these Facebook groups and these communities that are popping up, it's easier for us to get together and kind of learn, hey, we don't actually want to put each other down. We actually want to support one another. And we're seeing that. And I go to things, um, I go to a lot of women networking groups, which are so different from the stale networking groups that I was used to. So if you've ever heard of BNI, which is a big networking group, did not work for me whatsoever, was not, did, it just felt inauthentic. And when I join these women networking groups, it's so magical, just like the support you feel. I feel like anytime I hop on a call with another women business owner, we just end up having the best time. We're just like, we want to collaborate almost immediately with one another. We want to find out every time I hop on a call with someone, they're like, how can I support you? And how can I support your mission? And I say the same thing right back to them. So it's like the first words are out of our mouths is how can I support you? And I was never getting that when I had these other kind of networking groups previously. Do you ever find any women who just aren't used to this environment of the supportiveness and push back a little bit for whatever reason? And if so, how do you get them to embrace and accept what, what this is? I don't, I don't know that I've run into a ton of women who don't feel that support. And it might be because I've created a community for lady changemakers where they feel that support. Um, I do occasionally see women that I know are doing it the old school way. So I'll see them post in a Facebook group where it's literally just trying to sell. Like, here's what I'm selling. Somebody buy it. Where what really works is having your message out there, your mission out there, and people will then want to inquire what you're selling. So I have seen women trying to do the hard sell right up front where really we need to nurture our audiences first before anyone's really going to buy from you. So kind of learn, seeing that happen, but not on a one-on-one I haven't had where someone didn't feel supported. You get to work with a lot of awesome businesses. Are there any that totally stand out to you, like the mission and what they're doing, and you just want to give them a shout out? Oh gosh, there's 750 of them that I can think of. Um, Do you know what's really cool is that when people sign up for, so to sign up in our directory, it's completely free to sign up for a free listing in the directory. And anytime someone signs up, I get to nerd out and learn all about their business. And what's really cool is that we have everything from product-based businesses to service-based businesses, events, you name it, you're allowed in this directory. So I, for some reason, the one that's coming off, um, on top of my head right now is the septic tank business, which is something I would have never thought about. So it's just like, literally anyone can be a women-owned business. And it's so exciting to see what industries we're in. So we have everything from tech-based companies to a septic tank cleaner. I'm not sure exactly the right terminology for that, to social media influencers. We've got the entire gamut. So there's just so many exciting businesses that are in our directory. Um, And I've had women that literally go into the directory and just start going through listing by listing just so they can learn who is a woman-owned business. If someone wanted to support a woman-owned business outside of just, you know, shopping and buying from them, what are some ways that they could show additional support? I think collaborations are really big. So if you're a women-owned business and you want to support another women-owned business, I think it's really cool when we come together and we can create collaborations, whether that's something like an Instagram live or just doing a shout out on your social media with them. 
um, which is also another way that anyone can support a women-owned business is just by supporting them on social media. So following them, liking their content, sharing their content, and really just engaging with them is really big. I absolutely love what you're doing. I love the concept of we're stronger together and coming together can help the communities and it's collaboration, not competition, all of these, all of these different themes and trends. And it's really exciting to see this happen and to see you taking the lead on this particular group that's together. If someone wanted to learn more about Lady Changemakers, where would they go? Yeah, our website is ladychangemakers.com. And then on all the social medias, um, we're at Lady Changemakers. I'm most active on Instagram in my stories. Um, and then you can find us on Pinterest and TikTok. And whatever else is going to pop up, we'll be at Lady Changemakers. <laughs> and Jessica, I do have another question for you. When do you feel the most confident? Hmm, that is a great question. I think I feel the most confident when... I can prepare myself for what I know is about to come. I'm a big preparation person. So if I can prepare, see myself doing it, which is really big. So I envision myself already doing the thing I want to do. And that helps me to step into that kind of like that future self. So I'm always up-leveling myself. So I need to envision that person before I can actually step into that person. Thank you so much, Jessica. Thank you for being here. And thank you for the awesome work that you are doing for women throughout the world. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so excited that I got to be on your podcast today. Thank you.